This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Sip, Survive, and Repeat. Hooray! This is Yay. episode three. Can you believe it? No, I feel like I look like I was telling you before. I look forward to this every week I doing do too. this. And I wasn't sure that I would love having to do a book report every week. I hate writing, so I'm surprised that I'm enjoying this, to be quite <laughs> honest. Cool. I'm surprised I enjoy copying pasting. Yeah, I'm really good at it, though. So I got all those shortcuts down on the keyboard. Control-C, Control-V. That's right, girl. Girl. <laughs> um, okay, so before we get started on what we're talking about today, which is obviously Survivor Stories, uh, I needed to let everyone know that the guy who killed the mountain lion last week with his bare hands came out and told everyone who he was he didn't come out he you know what I mean um so his name is Travis Kaufman so if you listen to last week's episode about the mountain lion attack it was a guy named Travis Kaufman he literally the day after we recorded came out and told everyone his name and I was bummed that I didn't have it for the first recording but I wanted to give him props uh and it said he was going out for just a 12 to 15 mile jog so is that what you do when you go running me? Yeah. Um, sh- no. <laughs> Kenny, I can make it maybe two miles. Kenny's a runner. Uh, I used to be. Can't, can't do. do that anymore. No. <laughs> the knees won't allow it anymore. Oh, yeah. My knees hurt after a mile at this point. As I always yeah. say, I only run if someone's chasing me. So. Mm-mm. And that too. Yep. No, no. All right. So shout out to Travis Kaufman. Way to be amazing. Good job. Yes. Okay. Do we have any other business we need to clean up before we get into everything rate review and subscribe oh yeah you guys we're trying to get ourselves up higher on the old what is it the itunes uh is it itunes i'm old yeah the itunes itunes podcast charts and uh so we need people to get it get it up people uh rate review subscribe to rate subscribe review like i said you can do Wait, any of those. Okay. You can do any of those, but what Five we really stars, need, preferably, but whatever, whatever we you want think. real feedback. We want real feedback. So if you think we suck, you can let us know. But yeah. we hope you're loving it as much as we are, um, and we're just trying to grow this puppy. And um, again, if you have, oh, if you have stories, yeah. we want survival stories. They can be yours. They can be your friends, um, your grandparents. Yes. Uh, oh, can I? Should I tell that survival story? I was just thinking about that. Okay. Yeah. So have you weren't? We didn't tell you this. No. Okay. So we had someone from uh, the mothership. So we all work for a TV station, and uh, we had uh, someone from Tribune come down and, and visit us in Cleveland, which was lovely. And he had a friend that, as a teenager, he was a lifeguard at a pool. And he was lifeguarding one day, and this creepy guy was at the pool staring at him in his lifeguard chair. Ew. Right? So he went to his boss, and he said, hey, this guy's creeping me out. Can I leave early? And his boss was like, sure, of course. So he gets on his bike because, again, he's in high school. He's riding his bike to work, mm-hmm. rides home. Next day, comes to the pool thinking he won't come back. Totally there again. Creeper. Yikes. So then he leaves work that day. He goes to his bike at the bike rack. And the creepy guy follows him and comes up to him and says, hey, I'm doing a story for the newspaper about summer jobs. Can I interview you real quick about your summer job? No, you can't. And he was like, okay, we're in public. Like, what's going to happen? So he takes him over to, like, a picnic table. They sit down. They start doing this interview. Mm-hmm. And then after the interview's over, which seemed pretty, I don't know, benign yeah. is kind of what he said. Um, he, The older guy, who the creepy guy, was like, okay, well, now I need a picture so I can put it in the newspaper. Can oh, no. you take your shirt off? <gasps> so at this point. Ma'am. No, I can't. <laughs> at this point. Oh, sir. He goes, no, that's okay. Interview's over. This poor kid gets on his bike and he rides all over because he doesn't want to go straight home because he's worried this guy is going to follow yeah, him. Yes. Well, I think it was like two or three. Two or three weeks later. Yeah. Two or three weeks later, uh, this kid that our corporate person knows was watching TV or something and saw Jeffrey Dahmer <gasps> was arrested and he goes, oh no. Oh shit. That's the guy. No way. That guy was going to eat him. He was going to eat him for sure. Holy crap. Right? So that's a nice Survivor Story hometown edition. We want those. Yeah, That's much more interesting than what we have to say. I agree. But yeah, if you that's guys have... amazing. Even if you guys like live through something crazy, I we just want to know about it. Like, how did you get through it? What was it like? We just want to know what kind of survival stories you have. Okay. So um, 
Oh, and shout out, we're at Goldhorn Brewery again. Uh, if you guys don't know where that is, or you're not from Cleveland, it's in Cleveland, uh, right on East 55th Street yep. in the Midtown area. So if you hear any clanking uh, behind us, don't worry. That's just them <laughs> brewing some beer yeah. or something else. I don't know. Um, so is there anything else? Oh, if you have a hometown, send it to us. It's yes. sip, survive, repeat at gmail.com. And we just want to give another shout out to my favorite murder because... That's my favorite part. I mean, I love everything about their podcast, obviously, because we are very, we, our podcast is very similar setup to that. But I love when they do hometowns. So we just Agreed. enjoy it so much and we want to do our own little spin on it. So send them in. We'd yeah. love to read them. Yes, 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 we would. All right. So I think I am first yes. this week. Yep. Um, if you hear any popping of peas, we took away our popper our pee guards so so we could get closer to the mic and make sure it's loud so let us know how that is too okay are you ready danelle doesn't know what i'm doing i'm buckled in i'm ready to go (laughs) okay so i am doing the children of god cult survivors Ooh, i love a good cult (laughs) who doesn't love a good cult they're love a good crazy so let's talk a little bit about um i mean kenny we know you were born in like 1990 five four four give me some credit okay oh boy oh that whole extra year um me and danelle were born in the 80s but let's all talk about childhood for one sec what were your favorite things to do in childhood like what'd you do in your spare time i mean i grew up in a little farm town love it graduated with like 80 people so we there was a little little sandy creek that ran through my town so we like to swim in it nice which is kind of disgusting now that i think back (laughs) on it um, go to the Minerva homecoming. Okay. Hang out with, you know, people. I don't know. There was nothing to do. We Did you watch TV and oh, listen yeah. to the radio and ride your bikes? We, well, you know, in the eighties, I won't go into too much detail, but that's back <laughs> when you had, like, you had to push record on your, um, what's it called? A stereo. Oh, oh. Radio. Like yeah. a recorder. And then you'd hold your radio up to the TV. And yes. Then, you know record music I can't use my words today I've been up since four this morning so sorry (laughs) but you know bonfires um just country bumpkin stuff I don't know I love it I love it I mean that's we me and my friends mostly we were really into playing Barbies oh yeah Barbies for sure hour for hours Hours. I also make them do it I was also really obsessed with Paula Abdul I have the best Paula Abdul story Okay, sidebar, what is it? Sidebar, really quick. So I was obsessed with Paula Abdul and New Kids on the Block. I once wrote a letter to New Kids on the Block. My sister found the letter, intercepted (laughs) it, unfortunately for me. And basically in the letter I had written that I could dance like Paula Abdul and that one of the New Kids on the Block, preferably Donnie, would write me back. (laughs) Preferably Donnie. And I could not dance like Paula Abdul. I was like eight years old. Nice. And And she made fun of me for like two years after that. Anyway, Your sister, not Paula yeah. Abdul, right? No, my okay, sister. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I love that story. I feel like you've told me that before, and I love mm-hmm. it. That was my first concert with Paula Abdul with Color Me Bad. Oh, I love Color Me Bad. Amazing. Um, Kenny, you were born in the 90s. Did you do anything different, or was that pretty much it? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, we just hung out outside, swam a lot. Okay. Like that. Nothing, nothing special. Okay. So the story I'm telling is of two girls. They're twin sisters, and one of them is Floor. F-L-O-R, so hopefully I'm saying that right. Okay. I don't know how else you pronounce that, so I'm going to go with Floor. And, uh, flower? Floor. And, and Tamar. Oh. Floor, flower, and floor. We're going to okay. go with Floor and Tamar. Um, so basically, their parents joined the cult, the children of God, before they were born. So they, the parents were already in it. Okay. So... Uh, this story starts out with, you know, most childhoods are filled with bike riding, eating pizza, going to the movies. Um, but now for these two, a lot of those things that we used to take for granted as kids, mm-hmm. they're just discovering now. Oh, that's so sad. So for the first 13 years of their lives, the twins lived in what people called an apocalyptic cult. Ugh. Ugh, not good. No. Um, so basically an apocalyptic cult means... Um, it was like the world is going to end in this fear, in this fear, year. Yeah. So if and if you leave the cult, you're gonna get killed and burn in hell. So it was Terrifying. it was a little bit much. Yeah. Um, they 
the first 13 years of their lives is when they actually had to live in the cult. Uh, and we'll get into like why the cult disbanded and all that stuff. But um, it's just interesting because Flora said, I didn't know what a movie theater was. We saw a drinking fountain for the first time and we all just kind of like saw it and we like huddled around it like it was some novelty. Can you imagine if you saw a water fountain and you were just like, what? No, that's what so is sad. This? I mean, and that's... the one article I was reading, um, I don't know if you guys have seen um, oh, the Kimmy Schmidt show. Oh, yes. I and love she, that. she was in a bunker and they like, she yes. came out and everything was new and amazing. And like, mm. it was, that was an apocalyptic cult because the guy said the, the earth, the world had ended and we're in this bunker and we have to live down here. But it really hadn't. Um, so she actually, Floor said she watched that show and felt like a real affinity towards the character because that was her life. Yes. She basically lived in this life where everything was bad. So they said, um, basically everything was bad, including, uh, movies, music, dancing, um, like anything that you would find fun. And they were, uh, it started in the 1960s. So it was before they were born. They were both born in 1981. So they were like my age um and it it was came out of the free love hippie era and so it was very interesting because they lived as nomads they were shut out from mainstream society but they were among god's chosen people when the apocalypse apocalypse came they were going to be like the ones who survived it right because they were magic well here's the scary part this guy his name hold on let me find his name real quick berg that's his last name. Okay. Uh, Is he like the leader? Yeah. So okay. he's like the leader. I can't find his first name, but whatever. So Berg was the leader guy, and he basically said that the world was going to end in 1993. And so these poor girls were born in 1981. Sorry, Kenny. And they were going to, yeah, Kenny wouldn't have been born. Kenny. Oh. Okay. Well, good news. It didn't happen, yeah. you guys. Good, good news. Berg was... <laughs> Cray. <laughs> yeah, cray cray. So these poor girls thought that they were only going to live to be 12 years old. Can you imagine? So they basically said their whole lives, all they did was worry about dying. So they believed that the apocalypse was coming in 1993, uh, and they lived in constant fear. Um, they were so upset that they had to deal with it um, as a child, because that was their real and only fear. Um, so here's a little bit about what it was like to be in the cult, uh, just so you get an idea. Okay, in 1976, so this started in the 1960s, but in 1976, Berg encouraged the women members of the group to engage in flirty fishing. Uh, excuse wow. me? Flirty fishing. What do you like to do on the weekends? <laughs> flirty A little fish. flirty fishing. <laughs> so this is what it was. The term was based on Jesus's injunction, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So they literally took this and women were urged to go to bars and befriend men. They were expected to seduce potential male converts if necessary in order to encourage them towards religious conversion and membership in the organization. So he was a pimp. Basically, yes. Although there was no money being exchanged, but there was there was sex being exchanged. Religious pimp. Yes. The very religious pimp. Um, The media had a feeding frenzy with this innovative form of evangelism. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you were right. Look at this. They were portraying the children of God as hookers for Jesus. Listen. I mean, okay. <laughs> so uh, Berg stated that his FFers, flirty fishers. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. I mean, um, I don't like the idea, but. They witnessed over funny. a quarter of a million souls, loved over 25,000 of them, and won about 19,000 to the Lord. Oh, that's too much sex. What that's are you ladies a lot doing? Of banging. What are you doing? I don't think that's what he had in mind. Well, not God, God. Okay. The COG was reorganized as the Family of Love in 1977. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the abuses of authority that were revealed among the leadership were put to rest. Um, so basically, what was happening is like they didn't do drugs, they didn't have alcohol. And I mean, this was like the 60s and 70s. Fun. So like, there was, I mean, those were like, that was like a big thing to be doing is to have fun. Um, but so what they did instead is they just preached about sex. Sex is your joy. Sex is how you get closer to God. Sex shows love. So everything was sex. And so they were encouraged to sleep with each other, like spouse trading, partner trading. Um, they were encouraged to... Um, 
have sex with like women could have sex together, mm-hmm. but, but no men could not have sex with each other. So there was no of, right, male on male action, but there could be female on female action. Of course. Right. Whatever. Naturally. The worst part was they also encouraged adults to have sex with children. No. And so there was, uh, there was pedophilia. Also, um, incest was also encouraged oh. if, if you so desired it. Yeah. Because sex, again, was a way to f- show love. Right. So a lot of kids, mm. I remember um, I was watching this documentary and Floor kind of said, I feel like a lot of kids were doing things that they were doing things that really didn't want to do but that was encouraged by the group that they were living and with. And they didn't know any better. I mean, no. you're a kid and you don't know. This is all you know. This is all you know, and you're going to die when you're 12. Right. Well, and they so. move around all the time, and it's like, well, they were moving, so didn't they see things? But basically they said they'd get to a safe house, mm-hmm. and they'd be inside the safe house with, like, five other families at once. And so it would be, like, a five-bedroom, you know, five, I don't know. It was just a ton of people in a house. It was bad. And they were very sheltered, like you said. So it's not yeah. like they got to get any glimpses of the outside world, really. Exactly. Or make outside friends or, like, any cult. No, I mean, yeah, that's the circle. whole point. That's right. the whole point. So these are the points of the sexual stuff that was going on. Uh, they believe sexual enjoyment from masturbation to intercourse is considered a gift of God. It is an activity that both uh, at, that is to be thoroughly enjoyed as a major focus of one's life. Both male and female family members are urged to masturbate while fantasizing about engaging in sexual activity with Jesus. They embrace free, consensual sexuality as a gift of God. They believe that Jesus had sex with Martha and Mary. They believe the angel Gabriel engaged in sexual intercourse with Mary at the time of Jesus' conception. And they perceive the Holy Spirit as a feminine in nature and referred to as Dream Queen or Holy Queen of Love. I'm sorry, Berg, but where what happened to you? Where's this Quick question. Yeah. So... The men can't have sex, they say, but... No, the men inc- can't have sex with each with other. each other, of they, course. They can have sex with the women. No, no, no I'm saying that, okay. but they're encouraging the men to fantasize sex with Jesus, though, right? That's what it says. Okay, that seems a little contradictory. It said both male yeah. and female family members are urged to masturbate while fantasizing about, fantasizing about engaging in sexual activity with Jesus. So, yeah, it's okay. very interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't quite understand that. I wonder what, like, how he came up with these rules. Like, what, A, I want to well, know what drugs he... <laughs> did well once he was in the cult on. there was no there were no drugs but he it sounds like he had um a sexual awakening very early in age and i don't think it was consensual like i think he might have been abused to some yeah. degree now i didn't do much research on him well, yeah because he's a creeper but and these are about the survivors so. right but it sounds like he kind of got the raw end of the deal as a child and so then and his, oh and his parents or his dad was like a reverend and so he was. He grew up in a very Christian household. So, very so he kind of he kind of took what he wanted from the Bible, but mm-hmm. then he also uh, like improvised mm-hmm. other parts that he was like, well, I don't like that part, so I'm just gonna say this is what it means. He's like, I like to have a lot of sex, so I'm gonna add that in. Right. Got it. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, oh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That's the name of the That's show I was thinking of. I love that show. <laughs> so they. Uh, it's a storyline. She said she can relate to. Uh, like, for instance, Kimmy Schmidt in the first episode sees water in the bathroom for the first time, and she, like, giggles with joy because she's never seen running water before. See, I started watching that show halfway through it, so I didn't know the, the premise of why she was so strange. So that actually there you go. makes a lot of sense. Um, so, like I said, they lived in tight quarters. They were prevented from going to school, so these kids did not go to school. In fact, um, they didn't learn to read, these two twins, until they were nine years old. Oh, my God. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, that's awful. That's so sad. Yes. So that's like third or fourth grade. Yeah. Um, everything was evil. Education was evil. Politics was evil. Music was evil. Anything outside the group was evil. Um, they said they missed the 1980s entirely, which I'm like, that's a sad, sad. I'm so sorry. I mean, yes, it was a shit show when it came to like certain things, but the 80s were fabulous. <laughs> I mean, the best music, but valid. Um, so, oh, Dave, David Berg, that's his name. Got it. Uh, but let me just backtrack. They said they knew there was someone out there named Madonna and Michael Jackson. That's about it. <laughs> I'm like, well, those are good things to know in the 80s. Those are the two most popular singers. So they, good work. You know. They infiltrated somehow. So anyway, um, so Father David, remember I said he was brought up in the church. Mm-hmm. Well, he taught them that churches were evil. 
So even like churches were evil, even though what their cult was, was like a religious form of some sort that used the Bible to some degree to decipher what they were doing with I've their lives. I've never heard of this cult before. I know. It's crazy, right? It's so creepy. What, where is this, like, where did they start? Do you um, know? Like, West, they moved like around Midwest, a lot. Or was it like. So they were in Chicago. I know that. Okay. And they were in California. Okay. I think like close to LA. It sounds very, no offense to like West Coast, but it sounds like a very hippie, like free. Well, yeah, loving, I think it kind of you know? started on the West Coast, but eventually they moved Midwest, like Chicago area. And then eventually they moved to Thailand. What? Yeah. They took the whole cult and they're like, come on guys, we're going to Thailand. Get on this boat. Super. Wow. Okay. Um, so. Uh, Florsedberg was actually from a long ancestral line of evangelists so again like I said like growing up in the church he was very familiar with the established Christian church but he rejected it great buddy I think part of it is because he did have this childhood that was like marred by something so he didn't think that you know, sticking to the Bible was really the way to go. Yeah. And it's a, I feel like he picked up on that. This is a way to control people, but he can do it his way and Mm -hmm. not have to, you know, follow the traditional church rules or. Yeah. So, um, interesting. The Edwards family was living in Los Angeles when they joined the children of God. And in 1985, the twins were five. Um, and Florin Tamar said that they decided that they should leave the United States. So that's when they moved to Thailand. Wow. So, um, they stayed there for 12 years in Thailand. It wasn't a short stay. It was a long one. <laughs> but then he decided it was safer as followers to come back to the States. So the group moved to Chicago in 1994. The year Kenny was it's born. It's a good year. But remember, I thought the world was supposed to end. Oh, shit. <laughs> How did that happen, guys? <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, you had to be born first. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, obviously. It was all about Kenny. <laughs> so the other thing that's interesting about this is there were some stars that were, because it started on the West Coast, there were stars that were part of this. Oh so boy. two famous people that grew up in uh, this church, uh, well, I guess this cult, we'll call it, the Children of God, um, Rose McGowan. <gasps> Stop. Mm-hmm. I know who she is. And I, I don't know how to say his name. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. River Phoenix. Wow. And when Those R- are really famous people. And when River Phoenix died in 1993. Yeah, was when, that because the world was going to end? Did he? No, it's because he left the cult. He left the cult. And so they use that as he left. Do you see what happens if you leave? Wait, in nine, not, not to sidebar, but 93, he was like a famous actor already, right? Yes. River Phoenix was very famous. Obviously. Oh, stand by me. Yes. Can stand by me? So okay. he was like an icon and that. he left and then he, I think, I don't know if he overdosed or what happened in 1993 yeah, so, yeah. and they were like, see what happens when you leave. You'll get swallowed up by hell because you left the children of God. And so people like these poor children were like, oh my God, like it came true. So it's like when you're little like that, you don't think about don't know. like it's a coincidence that he left and then he died. Wow. Right. So terrible. So, um, Ex-followers say that they were taught to believe that love for God was expressed through having sex or exposing others to sex, including children. So um, it was just a lot of sex all the time. And the good news is, is I think by the 1980s and when the girls were actually part of the cult, because again, it started in the 60s, by the time they were in the cult, uh, the organization had decided that sex with children was no longer an option, which is optimal. Good for you. I think they were getting investigated to some degree. That's yeah. So they decided that they weren't going to have sex with children anymore or encourage it. um, But sex was still very much promoted, and a lot of times, even though they weren't having sex with children, they were having sex in front of children, which is just as I mean, just scarring. But I mean, like terrible. Oh my god. Obviously. So um, they said we've talked to some of the adults. They believed in what Berg said. So they don't have regret over it. They don't say like, oh, no, that was bad. They still believe that, the, that Father David Berg had something like, uh, had something. That's how charismatic he was. So people who were oh, in, in the cult still believe that Berg had, he was on to something here. And I'm like, when you hear it from an outsider, you're just like, this can't be real. What is happening? So actually in 19, let's see, I think in 1994, Berg actually died. So a year after he had said, 
that this apocalypse was going to happen in 1994, he died. Oh, it's called karma. Karma's a bitch. So she'll cut you. <laughs> so uh, the they stuck together for a little bit longer. Um, I think his wife tried to keep the organization together, but after a while, it ended up disbanding. Um, so. The Children of God have since reorganized, and it's now known as the Family International. Uh, the Family International reorganized uh, in May 2010, and it currently exists as a small virtual community, meaning, like, it's not, yeah. So, basically, the girls, um, Floor and Tamar, uh, got out of the cult because it disbanded, um, and they were... Uh, 13 years old when that happened. Okay. So they were 12 when the apocalypse was supposed to happen. It didn't. They turned 13. And everything out. fell apart. And then they were out. So then they had to go to high school and stuff. Can you imagine? No. Because it's you have no... so awkward. You have no cultural references. No. From all of your childhood. And you have... Like, what are you going to talk to people? And so they said it's hard even now. Like, if they're out in a social setting and someone says, Oh, where'd you grow up? A cult? Like, I, what do you say? What do you say? In a cult? Yes. And so it's just, it's a really interesting story of adjusting, even to this day. So they're, at this point, let's see, they're born in 81, so they're the same age as me, so like 37 or 38 mm-hmm. at this point. They're still adjusting because they don't know how to how could you tell ever? people and not feel that weird, not guilt, but like, um, they don't feel like they belong. They almost feel like they're aliens because they didn't grow up like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's really interesting. Um, they said that there were a lot of, even though there wasn't sexual abuse once they were in the cult in the eighties, there was still a lot of physical abuse going on. Like she said that her youngest sister who was six months old got spanked. <gasps> Are I'm you sorry? Kidding? I'm sorry. Babies don't even know what's going on. Who does that? What an animal. Looney Tunes. Cults people. Cults. Um, and so one former member of. That's disgusting. I agree. That's- one of the former members of the Children of God committed suicide, but he first killed his abuser from the cult. Okay. So his wow. name was Ricky Rodriguez. Um, he was deemed a prophet inside the sect, but he murdered his alleged abuser in 2005, and then he killed himself at the age of 29. Not that I'm condoning murdering someone, but I, I kind of get it. I do, too. Like, right. It's, it's nuts. Do you, so where are these girls now? Are you so, sorry? Yep, yep, they're still they're doing good. So basically, Floor is a writer and I believe uh, an assistant, like a, a um, office assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote a book, uh, her. the Apocalyptic Child, I believe it's called. Wow, I'll check the name on that. Um, and then her sister actually teaches yoga in San Francisco. So Tamar is teaching yoga, and I just I think that's so nice because a being a write, I think writing is such a cathartic act. Yeah, she would almost have to, I would think. Yeah, to get it all out. And then, you know, she does other writing, too. But I just think writing is so nice. And then yoga, like, obviously, if you're into that, like, that is a a huge release for a lot of people. So the fact that they both found careers that they could um, kind of make this a more livable situation. Um, I mean, she said, this is, um, let's see, Floor said, who are we supposed to be mad at? Father David's dead. I already said I'm not blaming my parents because of what we've been through together. I can't blame all the other adults. Should I blame God? Should I blame religion? I don't even know who to direct my anger at. And already that becomes very exhausting for me. That's so instead, so I just do what I can with what I have. That's so mature. And it just, is. Because I feel like I'd have to be mad at I would at be someone. so angry yeah. and pissed. And she's not, she's not playing the victim role at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's just... Where do they get this strength from? I mean, it's, uh, again, I'm glad that they got out by the age of 13. Because I think had it been longer, it could have been harder to adjust. Because um, they did get to go to school for a little bit with other kids and, and all that stuff. I want to so. read her book. I do, too. I, when I saw she had a book, I was like, damn it, I don't have time to read it. Because, of yeah. course, I did well, this yeah, last of night. Course. Yeah. So I just wanted to end with the failed prophecies of David Berg. <laughs> These are all of his prophecies that didn't come true. Let's hear them. David Berg originally prophesied that the end of times of the Gentiles would occur in 1968. Wrong. The War of Armageddon would occur in the mid-1980s when a coalition of Israel and the United States would be defeated by the USSR. Wrong. (laughs) you got to make that louder. There you go. 
a great socialist leader would arise from Egypt and become a dictator of the world in 1986. <laughs> About 1989, the leader would reveal himself himself as the Antichrist and require that everyone worship him. So after all of these, don't you think someone would be like, okay. Like you've been wrong burn. a lot. You're wrong about okay. everything. Agreed. I'm like, after the first one, I'd be like, you're full of it. <laughs> um, and then the last one is Jesus Christ would return in 1993. All of the saved will then take part in the rapture and ascend to heaven. Satan would overcome and Christ will rule over the earth for a thousand years with the assistance of the children of God. And just, members. they would have sex all the time. Apparently, yes. So Floor and Tamar applause for getting out of there and making your lives way better you're amazing ladies and normalizing what is a not at all normal situation so that is a story of the children of god and floor and tamar edwards wow i can't believe that they're like i can't believe that they have normal jobs and careers and i bet you they're married and have kids or maybe they don't have kids that's okay i don't have children it's fine, but yeah. I bet you they're functioning in society, and that's amazing. Yeah, I kind of love them. I think they're great, and I love that she wrote a book about it because, again, I'm sure that was, like, a, an experience to kind of get everything out there that was probably weighing on her all these years. I wonder if her parents are still alive. I don't know. I mean, again, she's they've been they're asked about their parents. Private. Yeah, they ask about – people have asked about their parents in interviews, and they pretty much just say, like, we're not talking about them. Which I respect because I feel like, like she said, it's – you can't spend your whole life pointing fingers at other people. You have to move forward. And I yeah. feel like they – her parent that could set her parents up to be judged. And Yeah, and I think in the end her parents made this Which decision. Maybe decision. they should be, but I'm yeah. not saying either way. But Yeah, but oh, man. Cults. Wow. Go cults. Cults. Stay away from them. Or, as our favorite ladies say, you're in a cult, call your dad. Call him now. Unless he's in the cult, too, and then in which case, Shit. I don't know what to do. And you call your, <laughs> then call your aunt. Call your uncle. <laughs> run away. <laughs> ah! Call your aunt, call your uncle, or just run away. Get the fuck out. <laughs> GTFO. What's that? Get the fuck out. Oh, oh, GT. I thought you said GTFO. I thought you said DTFO. You're so much cooler than I am. You know what that means. Not true. I'm that not cooler. Great. Okay. That so awesome. that that was my cult story for the week. Awesome. Ahoy! Are you looking for something naughty to spice up your wardrobe? That's N-A-U-T-I as in nautical. Check out the fantastic apparel at the Savvy Anchor. They have everything you need for that pirate or mermaid in your life. Everything but the water, of course. The Savvy Anchor specializes in nautical apparel for men and women. Their super soft garments will soon become your favorite thing to wear. Be prepared for compliments. Load up on booty today. <laughs> Sorry, that made me giggle. Savvy Anchor is offering 30% discount uh, to sip, survive, repeat listeners. You heard that right. 30%. Visit SavvyAnchor.com to get your Sip Survive discount by using offer code SIPSURVIVE. Save 30% off regular priced items. Discount does not apply. Don't even try it to sale or clearance items. Shipping is always free for orders over $50. Again, save 30% with code SIPSURVIVE at SavvyAnchor, S-A-V-V-Y, Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R.com. Listen, Spelling anchor is harder than it looks. Start living the naughty life with savvy anchor apparel. What are you waiting for? Ahoy, matey. <laughs> I had to. Yay. Am I close enough, Kenny? Now you are. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm eating this microphone. Arr, it's very it, awkward. It sounds way better when you're that All close. Right. Yeah, just get in there. Like you I'm mean in it. it. I'm in it to win it. Okay, so that was amazing. Thank you. Um, this week, I'm going to do... Um, two survival stories that have sort of a twist of fate. Ooh, I love twists. So, and they're all, they're both based around 9-11. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Do you want me to cry? I'm not going to talk about 9-11. Okay. I mean, I am, but not, I'm not going to rehash what happened. We all know what happened. Um, Can I just tell you one quick story about 9-11? Yeah, yes. After it. Okay, so I was in college when it happened. Me too. And I remember um, probably like like two or three weeks after it happened, I had a very vivid nightmare that planes were um, I coming to my university and like bombing buildings in our university. I jumped out of bed half asleep and hid behind the armchair in my room with my roommate. 
and I was like, get down, get down. They're coming. And she and looked she at me along and was like, you? no, she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Crazy. It's like 1am. Why are you on the floor hiding behind a chair? I'm like, they're coming to get us. And she, it was like, you were almost like trauma, like post-traumatic. Yeah, I was going to say PTSD. Like I wasn't obviously in New York or anything. Mm-hmm. I was in lovely Ohio, but it, it shook me to my mm-hmm. core. Yeah. Like I that. mean, I feel like anybody, you ask them where they were on 9-11. I remember where I was, what I was driving, what happened. Like everyone can recount like what their day was like, like how they Got dealt the news. with everything, got the news. Like I was in college, listening to the radio, went to class. We turned the TV on in class, watched it. And then oddly enough, class went on, which I think is kind of gross looking back at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a stupid like music in science class I don't know whatever <laughs> um so everybody can look back and like we all have feelings about that day and I don't want to like obviously we're going to talk about 9-11 we all know what happened but I want to talk about two people that were supposed to somehow their normal routine would have put them in harm's way but they got out of it through fate oh okay so that's oh my story I'm, I got goosebumps week. I'm ready okay good so one. um like I said, 9-11 what, will forever be ingrained in our minds. We can all, like, you were in college, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Kenny, where were you? Sorry, you just I, w- I was in first grade. Jesus but Christ. But you remember, though, I bet. I do. We, they, uh, they turned on the TV, I remember, because, like, principal came in. The teacher turned it on. And we, like, we saw the building burning. <gasps> then, Which is intense for first grade. Yeah, I, we, had, we had no idea what was happening. But you didn't know, yeah. And then we or saw the second plane hit, actually. And then the teacher, like, turned it off instantly, and she's like, we got to go on with our day. And oh I just God. remember thinking, like, what is happening? Are we going to still be in school? Like, right. What's happening? Yeah. yeah. Terrified. So, Jeez. Well, I have to say, when I was in first grade, we were watching The Challenger. Oh, yeah. And we were watching it because it had that teacher on it. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were <gasps> sitting there, and it oh. exploded, and our teacher just turned off the TV and was like, well, it wasn't that great. <gasps> oh, okay, April. Two plus two equals Let's all four. Let's talk about the alphabet now. So, I mean, yeah. I get it. Like, when you're in she first was, grade, that's a little much. But she wasn't your teacher. He or she, your teacher, wasn't expecting that, obviously. Oh, obviously to continue. not. Oh, no. I think we, she was just I like, think, what's happening? Well, I think we all thought, oh, I thought it was an accident. The first plane, I was yeah. like, geez, that's that's a terrible we accident. And then when the second plane hit, I was like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead. So, we all have feelings and memories, but I want to, you know, highlight two people that basically changed the course of their day through a simple decision, which saved their lives. So, you know, we, we don't think about it every day. We wake up, we have a routine, you know, you let the dog out, you, you know, take the elevator instead of the stairs, or maybe you take the stairs instead of the elevator. Or, you know, if you're a Clevelander, you take the short way instead of I-90 or vice yeah. versa. <laughs> short way. Um, it's a roadway here in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> a very we like to put roads right next to the lake instead of anything pretty. Right, exactly. Yeah, and salt mines. Okay, great. Um, so the first story, like I said, I'm going to cover two, but the first one um, is a story about a flight attendant for um, United Airlines, and her name is Elise O'Kane. And um, Elise, her normal flight pattern that she worked most of the time is from Boston to LA. Okay. So she lives in Boston. Okay. And she's the typical flight attendant for a Boston United, Boston to LA flight. Um, and again, after researching the story, it sounds like, and I could be wrong, flight attendants out there tell me, but it sounds like flight attendants um, may choose the flights they want to cover a month in advance. So I, I'm sure they have like a software system that they log into and yeah. pick the flights they want. So she always liked this flight i'm sure because boston is cold and la is nice and who wouldn't i mean come on cleveland's cold i get it (laughs) we're on Um, board (laughs) yeah so um back in august of 2001 um elise was trying to schedule her favorite flight um to cover september and she accidentally switched to the code so let's say the flight was like 00715 she put 007 A little dyslexia. A little dyslexia. I do that sometimes. Maybe she was having some wine while she was doing this. Whatever. I mean, you know, relax, girl. I get it. I mean, so she switched two codes and wound up with the wrong schedule, which messed up her entire month of September. Um, Again, typically she was Boston to L.A., and she accidentally selected Boston to Denver. I mean, Denver's amazing. Denver's beautiful, too. But for the whole month. In September, it's nice, too. So maybe she just liked the pilot, whatever. I don't know. Um, 
so bummer for her. So working her magic with her coworkers, she managed to trade all of her Boston to Denver flights um, to L.A. trips except for one. She could not get anybody to switch with her. And um, that was flight 175 on 9-11. No. Oh, my God. I have the biggest goosebumps right now. Yeah. So she was still stuck going from Boston to Denver, and she really wanted that freaking L.A. flight. And she's like, damn it, I'm going to get it. I want it. So mm-hmm. the night before on 9-10, on September 10th, she was like, listen, I'm going to have my glass of wine. I'm going to log into this computer system, and I'm going to try this flight. Well, her computer froze. and <gasps> It's sh- like there was a – somebody was looking out the for her. is like, no, Jesus. ma'am. You're not getting you're on going, that flight. You're going to Denver. Sorry. So she did not get on the L.A. flight. Um, oh, my God. She was flying, again, Boston to Denver. So um, – and this is a quote directly from her. She said, I was not happy that I was not on that flight. O'Kane said, I was driving to work steamed. Um, I mean, we've all, we all oh, yeah. use, like I use software systems every day where I work not to be a snoozer. And I'm telling you when they freeze up or they, oh. or whatever, like it's the Literally most frustrating the, yeah. thing. So um, I can, I can understand how annoyed she is. So whenever she arrives to the airport on 9-11, she, um, it sounds like they have to do like a park and ride situation where, mm. you know, they park their car and then an, like a, a bus takes them over to the airport. Right. So she's, um, sitting on the bus and on the way to Logan International Airport Tuesday morning, really early. And she sat next to a cheerful flight attendant named Robert Fangman. Um, he's 33 years old and was gushing about being called onto the California, California flight um, and he was excited to, um, he was actually doing her flight that she originally wanted, the Boston to L.A. flight. And he was talking about how he could not wait to have a Bloody Mary when he gets to L.A. on his favorite beach spot. Because apparently he liked this flight, this, but it was hard. Like, he never got on it. But he, on this day, he got the flight. He probably took her spot. Um, and he was like, I'm just so excited, he said. This is a great trip. I can't, you know. And she replied back, I, I can't believe you got it. Um, I tried to trade that last night, but my computer froze. So have fun, um, whatever. Um, oh, my God. What was his name? Um, sorry. Backing up. Sorry. Um, Robert Fangman. He was 33. Oh, my God. I okay. Know. So she said seeing his youthful um, exuberance from her, a- her anger faded, and she told herself, just humble yourself and let him enjoy the trip. And they chatted briefly on the ride over to the airport. So she boarded her Denver-bound plane, just like any other workday, all pissed off and just like. So if you remember, which I kind of remember, but I don't remember the times exactly, but 8.46 a.m. Eastern Time, American Airlines Flight 11 traveling. There were two flights going from Boston to L.A. The first flight, Flight 11, um, had already hit the North Tower. And this was not the flight she tried to get on, but she was on her way to Denver at this point. And during this flight at 9.03, the other um, flight left from Boston to L.A., the flight that she was supposed to get that she wanted, Flight 175, mm. ended up hitting um, the South Tower. And Fagman, um, Fangman, actually, as well as um, her other colleagues on her usual flight were on that flight and were killed. So, so that yeah. was the other one that hit the tower. Yes. Look at, I have, like, tears. I know. Jenny's tearing up right now. I have goosebumps, too. I'm having issues over here. Oh, Just ignore I know. me. I know. It's really... I know. This one This one was... Yeah. That's a hard one. Okay, and go ahead. And so you also have to think about, which I didn't think about this, like, the stress afterwards of being, like, why me? Like, why right. did I... Like, why am I special? Like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, I'm not better than anybody else. And that's... She really struggled with that afterwards. But there's a good... I mean, there's a positive ending, which is why we love this podcast and why course, we do it. Of course. And she did, according to... I got this article from CNN, and she said, why me? Out of all those wonderful people, she asked, what have I done? I didn't... I'm not a saint. I'm not an angel. Um so she had a lot of she had a lot of issues with that and when colleagues learned that um she was not on board they swarmed her with tears and hugs the ones that obviously were not on the flight and said god has a plan for you um they told her over and over you were meant to be here um and that was the hardest part she said is just hearing that she had a purpose because she didn't she felt like she didn't really deserve i'm speaking for her she did not say this but i think she felt right she She felt guilty she felt guilty like survivor's guilt um, obviously, after 9-11, she took a leave of absence, and she said she needed to get back and fulfill herself. Um, she told herself that something has something changed inside of her. She was not the same person. I don't think any of us would be. No. Um, so the idea of nursing school popped into her head. 
um, which stuck with her, at, struck her as odd because she couldn't stand needles or blood. <laughs> but she had a family full of nurses, including her mother-in-law, her two sisters-in-law, and her aunt. Um, so she went back to nursing school Aww. and graduated in May of 2004. And she now specializes in cardiology. And at the, t- at the same time, she did not want to give up her passion for flying, which speaks a lot about who she is. Yeah. And she's not going to be a victim and let this... So she actually still works for United Airlines, and she said she if she, she felt like if she didn't go back because of the incident, she would have been beaten by the terrorists, and um, and that they took away something from her that she loved. So that's why she goes back and, and does it. So she still does flights sometimes. Mm-hmm. On top of nursing? On top of nursing. Damn, girl. Um, her, her first flight back was on Tuesday in 2005, and it was the same route from Boston to L.A., Ugh. Um, as flight 175, and she um, went to this is the this is you're gonna lose it, Jenny. Oh God! She why are you doing bar, this to me? She went to the bar in L.A. That, he that Fangman had told her about a 9/11, and she had a Bloody Mary in his honor. Danelle, you are not allowed to tell these kind of stories. <laughs> I have another one after this, though. God. But okay, <laughs> so on. I gotta collect myself. It gets better. So CNN learned of her story in 2005 uh-huh. and helped her find. Um, find the Fagman, so his family. And his family told her not to feel guilty. It wasn't her fault. She still exchanges emails with them. Nursing now remains her primary focus. Someday she receives compliments from her former patients who have recovered and returned to the hospital to tell her thanks. Some have looked her up in the phone book. This story is obviously a little old because we don't have phone books anymore. And called to tell her that she was meant to be a nurse. Elise just smiles. It's almost like a confirmation, she says. Oh, my God. I'm turning red. Look how red I am. (laughs) Danella, me, and Kenny, we all get these, like, rashes when we get, like, nervous nervous or sad (laughs) or have any type of emotion. Well, I'm just trying to not ruin my eye makeup completely. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to make a cut in the podcast. They need need this room. Oh. Okay. They have another place for us to record. So... We'll be right back in about two BRB. seconds. Here's um, these messages to follow. Just kidding. <laughs> and we're back. We're back. Did you miss us? Avi. Duh. <laughs> All right. So you have another story. That I you're have gonna, one little gonna, quickie. Are you going to make quick, me cry again? No. Uh, maybe. Highly likely. I didn't cry. I mean, this is very sad. I have issues. No, I cried. When I wrote this, I was crying. Oh, Jesus. So I knew it was a good one, but not the second <laughs> one. I, I had got my crazy out by then. So. Okay, <laughs> So my second quickie is a story about Holly Winter, and it's another September 11th one. Side note, that's a really cute name. Isn't it beautiful, Holly Winter? Here's a little note, though. When I was pregnant with my son, uh, my husband really was hoping if it was a girl, we could name her Holly. And my last name is Day, so I want you to say that. Holly Day. (gasps) No, inappropriate. so wrong. My name is Danelle (laughs) Cherry. Come on. Valid point. But what's the name of the, is it your sister or your sister-in-law? Oh, quick story, guys. So my sister-in-law, I love her. (laughs) Obviously, my married last name is Cherry, like the fruit. Sometimes I slur my words and it sounds like I'm saying Sherry, but I'm not. I'm saying Cherry. So her (laughs) maiden name is Crystal Cherry. Yes. Now, who in the world would name, I'm sorry, I shouldn't talk about my in-laws. Okay. It's fine. Anyway, Crystal Cherry. Great. 80s. Hot Love name. It. Love fine. it. Fine. Red hair. Yes. On top of it. Well, I feel like that sounds great. Great. She married a man in college, or she met a guy in college. Guess what his last name was? What? Diamond. Yeah, yeah. Her name is Crystal Diamond now. Girl, shout out. And her Love kids. your name. Yes. Yep. Ace Diamond. Cole Diamond. Ruby Diamond and Jack Diamond oh, are her kids' Ruby. names. I love Ruby. Ruby is my dog's name, though, so it's, like, weird Aww. for me to hear, like, a person. Yeah. But I have a friend whose kid is Ruby, too, so, like, it's, I don't so know. So, Holly Day would work just fine in my okay. book. And he also liked Sunny for a boy. Mm. Declan's way cooler. Anyway. Agreed. Continue. Okay. So, my second story is another twist of fate um, survival story from 9-11. Because Danelle wants to make me cry. Because I want to make Jenny cry. <laughs> and... Um, her name is Holly Winter. 
And um, September 11, 2001, she was looking forward to a fun and exciting reunion with her best college friends in New York City. Jenny's eyes are already... No, okay. Okay, I'm good. I'm Um, good. They haven't haven't started cheating Um, yet. One lived in Chicago. Holly lived in Denver at the time. Nice. And the third lived in New York. So the three of them were... Well, actually, they were planning to surprise the friend in New York. So he he worked nonstop. Was a you know as any New Yorker I would imagine would well, be. And were they young? They're young. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! When you're I like mean, twenty something, you just work till midnight. You work, whatever. work, 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 work. Kenny, okay. did you hear that? Yeah, I heard. I heard. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Kenny. Um, so he worked nonstop and um, was obviously in New York City. And um, Holly and her friend from Chicago had coordinated a, they finally coordinated their calendars for a surprise breakfast picnic for him um, on September 11th in New York at his office um, in the original One World Trade Center. Uh. It was the only date that worked for both of us, Holly and her friend in Chicago. Our plane was to, our plan, not plane, our plan was to fly into the city the night before. Okay. Then show up at his office at 8 a.m. with breakfast of champagne and caviar, his favorites. Okay, A, wait, whose favorite is champagne? I mean, champagne, yes. Caviar? I mean, Who are I, these people? I just had caviar for the first time on New Year's Eve, and it's kind of amazing. Really? It was from Costco. Oh, okay. Okay, girl. <laughs> Get fancy, but not too fancy. Don't judge me. <laughs> um but for breakfast, I'm not sure I'm into that. But okay, he cool. ha- he clearly liked fine things, and good for him. It sounds like he works a lot. Great. And they wanted to surprise him. So she continues on with the story and says that she called her mom, who lived in upstate New York, um, to let her know that she was coming to town. And she, um, her mom. Wait, this is Holly Winter? Oh, this is Holly Winter in okay. Denver. Okay. Called her mom and said, hey, mom, I'm coming to New York for a surprise visit on my, with my friend on 9-11 um, do you want to meet with me and her mom was like actually it's funny you should say that because I had booked a surprise visit to come see you in Denver <gasps> oh no and okay. Holly begged her mom to change her trip because obviously she had coordinated a lot with her other friend in Chicago of to course, make this work of course and but reminding her mom that mom you're retired mom go away your schedule's more flexible like she didn't say that I'm saying yes, that, but I, I mean, know, but still. I mean like mom, you're retired. You can come another day to surprise me. Like, let me go see my friends in New York. And her mom insisted. She refused saying that, oh, um, she Mrs. felt Winter. right. Mrs. Winter was like, it's the right time to visit mother's intuition. I don't know. So Holly did the, the good daughter thing and canceled her trip with her friend um, her Chicago friend did decide to make the trip alone without her and surprise showed up at 8 a.m. at her friend's work at the World Trade Center and um, they went to Central Park and or no sorry they weren't at Central Park but um, her friend showed up to surprise her um, other friend and they called her at 8 a.m. to tell her that um, you know, thanks for thinking of me. We're so, you know, sorry you couldn't be here. You know, the things that nice yes, friends do. Yes, of course. And um, then they laughed and talked for a while. And then Holly said she hung up so that they could enjoy the visit without keeping, you know, her on the phone the whole time. And she lost both of them that day in the World Trade Center. Oh, my God. The plane crash. So no. that's the end of that story. I, that's So Holly Very survived. Very abrupt ending. Very abrupt. Um, that was Reader's Digest. And there was no, like, recap or anything. But that was just another little twist of fate of, like, if her mom oh. had not been pushy and she said, probably listen, would have like... She probably would have died that day. Yep. And she survived, so... Jesus. Yeah. So those no. are my two twist of fate survival stories. So oh sometimes, listen to your intuition. Yes. Let the universe tell you where you need to go. Yes. Although I have to say, I feel like story number one, she was not listening to what was happening. She was just like, I want to be on this damn flight. And, and ev- it's kind of like everything in the world was like, nope. nope. Bye. You can't do that. Ma'am. You're going to be flying to Denver. You're going Congratulations. To Denver. Sorry for your loss. It's cool. I mean, yeah. I, again, that was, Danelle. I know. Why are you making me cry during podcasts? Well, that's, those are my twist of fate stories. <sighs> okay. All right. So we, those are our survivor stories for this week. Yep. Thanks for listening. Yes. And now Kenny. 
with the weird news. We love let's weird news. That'll cheer you guys up. Yeah, so you, let's leave. Yeah, positive note. So I was between two stories. Yeah. And I told Danelle one that I was thinking of doing, and I think I'm going to actually go to this one yes. just because I feel like it fits a little better with this okay. podcast. Just, okay. Just because of Jenny's story more yeah. than anything. Jesus. Okay. Tie it right in. <laughs> so Jenny, since Danelle knows, I'm going to have you guess this one. Oh, okay. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. So a man is suing his wife, a brand new wife. They, like, just married. Oh, okay. Just oh. married, fresh why, off the... Why do you think she's suing him? Or he is suing, suing her? Him. Um. Well, it has to do with my story, so I would say because she's secretly in a cult? No, Ooh, no, 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 no. Let her guess again. Okay, oh, okay. Because okay. she's having sex with other people? Okay, it, it, it does involve sex. Oh, is she sex. having sex with her son? No. No. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it, but it, you it, took it there. <laughs> well, it, I told you. It, it was just, <laughs> it was more of the broad thing of sex. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, sorry. So, uh, sorry, I took it there. <laughs> no, I don't, I mean, you guys that's, what, you're, me think that's what your podcast is about. So a man is suing his wife for telling people that he has a micro penis on social media. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, poor baby. So he he kept this a secret that he had a micro penis, and she Which discovered. I don't even know what that is, but continue. Like, less than like half an inch, <gasps> I think. Oh no, like it's like it, an eraser, right? Yeah, like it's like nothing. Okay, continue. But he like kept it a secret by saying he was a traditional man. Uh-oh. So then she discovered on the honeymoon, and she posted on Reddit like a post being like, "I just discovered my husband has a micro penis. What do I do?" And he ended up finding out she posted it and now is suing her for, what is it, like defamation? Defamation, Yeah, yeah. that that word. Oh, no. Yeah, and I think they're about to get divorced and, yeah. Well, can they get an annulment? I don't, probably, maybe. I feel like that's something you can get an annulment over. I it's rough, though. It's rough. I mean, I feel like there's ways around that, though. Yeah. Like, if you're really, like, you really, like, not to be, like, the optimist who I am, but, like, if you really love the person, yes, you can make that work in some way or another. But you should know before you're married. I f- Agreed. Yes. But that's, yeah. I mean, I yeah. feel like that's, in all honesty, that's a little bit her bad for not testing the equipment before she But he, But he was yes. a traditional man, you know? You well, know. you know what? I'm a pretty traditional gal, but I was still like, let's yeah, take you, this you for gotta, a test ride. And there's other things you yeah. can do right. before. Like, you don't have to have sex. There I mean, he was, he was apparently super traditional. Well, the, okay. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> like, sorry, but. Couldn't even no. do anything. Okay, no. I just I just feel like no. I feel like no. You would, no. You, mm-mm. I, I for all like you he, super traditional people out there, if you've ever had an incident like that, maybe you can tell us how you got around it. I would love that. Sip, survive, repeat at gmail.com. I just want to know, like, if you waited till marriage and it wasn't what you were expecting, what was what was it? But maybe did she give, I wonder if she gave him a shot with other things. Maybe yeah. Maybe he's great. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he could have other talents. That's what I'm going to call it. Mm. Other talents. Other talents. I'm just saying, like. Yeah. You marry someone because you love them, not because. But, however, sex is a it, very a important part of, part of marriage. It's a part of it. And I feel like I'm not condoning sex before marriage, but I'm condoning sex before marriage. Sorry. All right. But here's I, the thing that I can say is that. Uh, sorry, I am. <laughs> it's sorry. fine. It's fine. So what I can say is, you know, like I, mental health is a big thing for me, which is part of the reason that we love my favorite murder. Mm-hmm. And so I have uh, a counselor that I see on a regular basis. And uh, she always says, you know, there's three things that will break up a marriage in no time. And, and that's how you raise your kids, sex mm-hmm. and money. Those yeah. are the three things that are really going to tear someone apart. Yeah. And I mean, those are all, those are like three important things in a marriage. And if you, if one of those is missing or it's damaged, you might have or an micro. issue. Or, or micro. Or <laughs> micro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. I feel like that's, but you're right though. That's also deceitful kind of. It like, is. I feel it like, is. like you need to be honest up front about everything. And if he you're clearly gonna knew he had, like he, he had those he traditional knew it was values gonna be a because problem. he had a micro penis. Yeah. Not because he was traditional and I'm allegedly, I'm speaking for this man, but I'm saying like, listen, if he, he, he did this to trick her, he could have been like, I've got a very small penis. Let's, why don't we check it out together? Right. Even and if he didn't want to have sex with her. Like, and if let's you're not interested, then let's move on. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, that, that was that was the news of the week. Thanks, Kenny. That Kenny. was I like that amazing. One. That one. Yeah. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I love it. All right. So, if you guys don't know, you're listening to Sip, Survive, Repeat, mm-hmm. 
and it's Jenny Day, Danelle Cherry, and we have Kenny Steinbauer, who is our producer and gives us great news stories. Extraordinaire. Yes. Um, he knows how to work the soundboard, and we have no idea. There's a lot of buttons on there. There's lots of things happening. And he also tells us to come closer to our mic, which he's constantly telling Get me. Get closer. So I'm in it to um, win it. So we just wanted to remind you guys that you can follow us. We have Instagram, which is Sip, Survive, Repeat. We have Twitter, which is Sip, Survive. We have Facebook, which is Sip, Survive, Repeat. And we have Gmail if you want to write us any of your hometown survival stories or friends who survive something or family members who survive something. That's Sip, Survive, Repeat at gmail.com. So make sure that you check those out. We drop on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. um, so weekly. And we're always talking about something new and exciting about survival. So it could be anything. Anything. So It can be mountain lion attacks. Uh, it could be cults s- stuck under ice. Who I don't knows what what's going to be next week because we don't know. We don't know either. <laughs> we'll know next week on Wednesday. Or wait. When we'll are we we'll know? know Wednesday. We'll know Wednesday night. You'll when we know do our homework. Tuesday. <laughs> hey guys, it's Jenny from Sip Survive Repeat. And we love our listeners, but we want to get some more ratings and reviews. So if you guys could log on to Apple Podcasts and then give us a rating and a review, we'll send you. A sticker. All you need to do is send us a screenshot of your rating and your review to either our email, sipsurviverepeat at gmail.com, or direct message us, or DM us as the kids like to say, on any social media. So all you have to do again is rate and review on Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot of that and send it to us at one of the channels I just mentioned. And we'll send you a Sip, Survive, Repeat sticker. And it's big, you guys. Size of your hand at least. So again, send it to us and we'll see you soon. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Jenny Day. I'm Danelle Cherry. And I'm Kenny. We'll see you guys next week for Sip, Survive, Repeat. Bye. Bye, guys.